Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Today we're doing a guide to the islands of Tonga in the South Pacific. We were there recently and we had the best time ever. It was so fantastic. And we'd really like to recommend that you visit yourself. So that's why we thought we would give you a quick rundown of what you can see and do there. Today's show is sponsored by BootsAndAll.com. So here's a quick note from their CEO, Sean Keener. G'day, my name is Sean Keener. I'm the CEO of the Boots and All Travel Network, and we're really excited to be affiliated with Linda and Craig and their Indie Travel Podcast. The Boots and All Travel Network is a series of about 50 travel websites that is focused on mainly independent travelers, so please come visit us at www.bootsandall.com. That's B-O-O-T-S-N-A-L-L.com. Cheers! We've met Sean a few times, and we're hoping to catch up with him again this summer because he's a really great guy, and we really enjoy his company. So thanks, Sean. Yeah, thanks. The Kingdom of Tonga is located just south of Samoa in the South Pacific, but it's made up of over 170 islands, so it's a bit tricky to uh, nail down to one place. Yeah, look at the Pacific Ocean and, you know, scan around a bit and you'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a small area at all. Talk about a needle in a haystack. <laughs> There's about 100,000 people living there. And the official language is Tongan, but English is very widely spoken. It's known for having beautiful islands and the dancing. Yeah, Tonga is one of the places where Pacific and Polynesian culture is really alive. So yeah, it's great. It's, um, it's a great place to be. The temperatures, well, in winter it's from about 17 to 24 degrees, and in summer 23 to 30, so very nice. International airports, well, airport, airport. <laughs> is uh, Amotu International Airport, which is on Tongatapu Island. It's about 15 kilometres from the capital city, Nukalofa. Okay, so the price of a pint is about five Tongan pānga, which is about US 250 or £1.50. It's not bad for a pint? No, it's not bad at all. Not that we actually had any pints. Very strange. Indeed. Must be the local beer. <laughs> price of a dorm bed is around 20 pāinga, and public transport is around 1 pāinga, but you end up mainly hitchhiking and catching taxis and transfers around the place. Yeah, the public transport network isn't necessarily the best. So Network? Let's... <laughs> <laughs> you imply there's a network? Very well. Let's move on. Let's move on to talk about layout. Layout. Oh my goodness. Well, Tonga's layout is spectacular. It's made up of about 170 islands in the South Pacific Ocean, and there are four distinct groups which are spread out over an incredibly large distance. You'll probably arrive on Tongatapu Island, which is one of the most southerly islands, and it's part of the Tongatapu group, which is the most southerly group. 100 kilometres north is the Hapai group, and 100 kilometres north of that is the Vavao group. And then the Nuia Toputapu group is 300 kilometres north of Vavao. So, you know, you can imagine it just spreading out forever and ever. Indeed. The, the capital Nukalofa is on Tongatapu Island, um, which, as Linda said, is the most southernmost um, island group. And Aowa, which is another popular island, is um, just off there as well. Yeah, the Tongatapu group isn't a very big group of islands. It's pretty much there's Tongatapu and then there's Aowa and a few little ones that some are inhabited but most aren't. Mm, indeed. When you think about accommodation in Tonga... Um, you're not really looking at any great budget options. Um, there are a few hostels, but... Um, but they can be hard to find. They can be. They're we searched and searched for ages, and not very many of them showed up on the hostel booking websites. Mm -hmm. Internet isn't 
the most prevalent. And so even if you do book your hostel online, it's unlikely that you'll be able to pay by credit card when you arrive. <laughs> That's right. Um, TongaHoliday.com, which is the official uh, site for Tonga, lists many hotels, apartments, and guest houses. And I would say that guest houses, much more than hostels, are the way to go, with few exceptions. Yeah. You can also contact the Tourism Bureau of Tonga for an exhaustive, if uh, rather out-of-date, list of hotels, guest houses, etc. Yeah, I remember going to the Tourism Bureau in um, Nukalofa, Nukalofa, and we were looking to go and stay in Awa. Now, there were seven accommodation options um, displayed. As we had the person ring to confirm rates for us, um, all but three of those disappeared. Yeah. They'd gone out of business sometime in the last two years and just hadn't been updated. And of the other ones, all the prices listed were out of date as well. So we were trying to make a decision based on the information on the board and it it was just wrong. Yeah. Totally yeah. wrong. We had to ask them for each individual hotel if it was still running and how much it cost and if transfers were included. Even though that information was displayed you couldn't believe it. None of it was correct, yeah. And that's something that you'll find right through the Pacific Islands and in Tonga as well, is that information goes out of date very, very quickly. Um, and information is really spread by word of mouth mm. much, much more than any official um, places or information sources. So you actually need to speak to people when planning your travel around. Totally. If you are planning on going to Tonga, we'd recommend Tony's Guest House on Tongatapu. It's kind of halfway between a hostel and a guest house. Mm. He's got private rooms as well as, as hostel rooms and very well priced. Yeah, they also have a very good tour of the island, which we enjoyed. It's just a day tour of Tongatapu, but um, it gave us a really good kind of outline of everything to see and everything to do. Yeah, and he gives a really good commentary as you go, so you can really get an idea of what Tongatapu is about. Much better than if you tried to go by bus, which we, we, we wanted to do. We really did. But I think we would have had to have had about six days to get to everything, mm. trying to go by individual buses. It just yeah. wouldn't have worked. I think we would have been walking a lot. There's a wide range of resorts for um, middle and higher range, many of whom will give you a discount if you ask for it. So yeah. ask for it. Nudge. <laughs> there are no really superior hotels in Tonga, so when you're choosing, choose for location. Get somewhere with a nice beach or on an offshore island. Yeah, options are more limited on the outer islands, but you should have a choice on all but the smallest ones. Mm, indeed. Okay, food. Well, <laughs> food is an interesting topic when it comes to Tonga. Yeah. It's definitely not scarce. You're, when you're driving around, you will see crops growing in abundance. Most of the crops are starchy vegetables like taro, yam, sweet potato or cassava, and they make up the bulk of the diet. However, trying to buy them, not so easy. That's right. Uh, most of Tonga still works on a trade and barter kind of system, or food is grown by, um, by communities. So everyone helps to grow it, everyone partakes of the harvest. It makes it quite difficult for tourists coming in who don't have local contacts or aren't part of local networks to find the food that you'd like to cook with. Yeah. But, I mean, if you can, if you are staying somewhere, they will quite often put on a Tongan feast for you. You'll have to pay for it probably through the nose. But it will be spectacular. You'll have lots of different starchy vegetables as well as fish, pork, coconut milk, um, and especially if it's cooked in an underground oven, which is called an umu, it's really particularly tasty. Mm. They just throw the hot vegetables in and they drench the meat in coconut milk and then wrap it in taro leaves and put it in the umu 
and um, it just cooks slowly, and mm. it's amazing. Yeah, this style of cooking's um, prevalent right through the southern Pacific. You dig a big hole, start a fire, and then as the fire dies down to embers, you put in all of the food and you cover it over um, and leave it to slowly bake under the earth for a while, and it is good. Don't go to Tonga and leave without having an umu. Yeah. It's so good. Good call. Since most Tongans grow their own food, the shops aren't well stocked, even though there are a lot of them. Now, you'll see them on the side of the road. Um, they'll, be, they'll look similar to a house, only on the front they'll have a uh, wire mesh window, and you can go up to these and request the food and the drink that you want. Yeah, you can see it all lined up behind the, on, the, on, the, on the back wall, so it's really easy to see what there is. There isn't very much. <laughs> They're mostly stocked canned goods like corned beef and spaghetti, also soft drinks, UHT milk, juice, noodles, oh, sweets, things like that. Mm-hmm. Little packets of biscuits and, yeah. yeah. When we first arrived, we arrived relatively late at night, I suppose about 8 o'clock, so we wanted to get something for dinner. And um, we stopped off at one of these little side stalls, and we couldn't work out what to get. We just stood there going, um, <laughs> because we couldn't work out how to make a meal out of these items. Eventually we worked something out, and I think we just bought some biscuits and decided to go out for dinner. That's right. But it was Sunday, and Sunday in Tonga is really a Sabbath. The island is closed. That's right. With the exception of a few bakeries that will open for a few hours in the afternoon, and um, I believe in Nukalofa, well, we could only find one one restaurant, restaurant, which was open on Sunday evening. There was another one advertised as being open that we were going to. Yeah. We were going to go to it, but... um, No, it wasn't open on Sunday after all. (laughs) Because it was advertised that it was open doesn't mean it's open. Word of mouth, people. Yes. This is the lesson we learned, and we'd like to impart to you right from the beginning. Just because you see a sign, or you read on the internet, or even that someone tells you that something is open, don't believe it, (laughs) because it probably isn't true. So though we could only find one open restaurant in Nukalofa on Sunday night, there are many, many restaurants and cafes, as well as bakeries and um, other small food shops around. We really enjoyed going to the little side-of-the-road type shops. There was one that did a a curry for five panga, which is, you know, $2.50 in US dollars, which is nothing. And there was also that um, takeaway chicken place, which was really, really good. Mm, Hawaiian chicken. Hawaiian chicken. It was spectacular. (laughs) Just really nice. And they were really well-priced, and you just went and either took it away or they had one or two little tables that you could sit at. Mm. I really liked it. It was, it was almost fast food. They didn't have kind of the, the big budget fast food chains, but this was the, the mum and pop kind of fast food chain. It was really good. Indeed. Uh, most of the resorts have um, restaurants where they can serve you, and guest houses are often willing to prepare a meal if you give them enough warning in advance. And money. Well, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everything costs money. Well, before we continue, let's hear from Sean again. G'day, this is Sean from Boots and All again, and we're at about the halfway point for today's Indie Travel Podcast. I wanted to share with you a part of Boots and All that I thought many of you would enjoy. It's called Boots and All Today. We feature 10 to 15 travel news and travel feature articles from around the web every day. Come check it out at www. Dot B-O-O-T-S-N-A-L-L dot com slash today. Sweet. Well, thinking about transport in a uh, group of islands that are spread out over thousands of square kilometers, 
is uh, a little bit tricky. So let's begin with um, talking about Tongatapu and Nukalofa, since that's where most people are going to be arriving. Well, Nukalofa is small enough just to walk around, and you can catch a bus to other destinations on Tongatapu Island. However, the buses are privately run and don't have a timetable, so you just have to show up and hope. Mm-hmm. Go. Yep. <laughs> and when we say show up, um, there's no marked places that we could find um, for a bus stop, even yeah. though we walked up and down there's Main a bus Street station. several times. There's a bus station down kind of on the, along from the wharf, but you just have to kind of go there and hope that mm-hmm. one of the minibuses is the one that you want. Yeah. Um, to explore Tongatapu, it's easier to take a tour like the one we mentioned earlier from Tony's, or hire a bike, a scooter, or a car. If you do decide to hire a car, you need to get a Tongan Tong driver's license. To do that, visit the Ministry of Police, show your license, and pay the fee, which is about 18 panga. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, you can always do it with a Tongan driver's license. <laughs> to get from island to island, um, there's two options, really. One is ferry and one is plane. Um, unfortunately, recently, there was a, a ferry disaster, it, it can was only terrible. be called, where one of the ferries sunk... Um, killing almost everyone on board. Dozens of people, I'm not sure of the exact amount. So we caught a ferry from Tongatapu to Aewa, so that's within one island group. And the seas were really rough and it wasn't the most pleasant experience. The boat wasn't very big and it was secure enough, but obviously the boats they used for the longer ferry trips, because the one that sank was going from Nukualofa up to Hapai, I think. That's even rougher waters, it's open water, and I don't think those vessels were really supposed to be out in open water. They were supposed to be in more sheltered areas. So if you get seasick, ferries aren't necessarily the best option. And planes are a lot faster. However, they are also a lot more expensive. The only company is Chatham Specific, and they fly from Tongatapu to Aewa. They also go to Hapai and also Vavao daily, except Sunday, because nothing happens on Sunday. Um, and also the ferries are less frequent as well. You can go daily to Aewa, which is what we did. And, yeah, I'd recommend that because it's cheap and easy. But the, there's only one a week to Hapai and Vatval. And if you want to go up to the, the Nawas, it's only every month. And, of course, if you have your own yacht, you're free to do what you like. That's right. <laughs> um, Tonga, especially the Vatval group, is uh, very, very popular for sailors. In fact, it's one of the largest uh, charter yacht areas in the Pacific so it is a very good way to get around if you um, if you've got the money to do it or you can talk yourself onto crewing on a boat yeah might be a good plan indeed well attractions my favorite relaxing on the beach we didn't do that very much well, it was a little we bit were cold there in winter this is true and <laughs> um, swim the the water is beautiful and clear there's very good snorkeling um, all over the place. We saw it especially on the west of Tongatapu. Mm. You can go diving in lots of places as well. I think there are diving courses all over the place as well. There so are indeed. That's you a good get, option. Get your paddy qualification while you're there. Mm. Go hiking on Aewa. We did, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was probably some of, well, I mean, between us we've been to Fiji and um, Samoa as well as Tonga, and that was easily the best hiking that yeah. we've seen in the region. Definitely. You could watch a high school rugby game. That's always fun. Indeed. Go to church. Oh, man. Pacific Island singers are spectacular. And even if you're not kind of spiritually inclined, you should go anyway just to experience this because going to church is a big part of 
Pacific Island culture and you will be blown away. Even if you don't actually go, you can sit outside and you'll still hear the amazing voice. I mean, we were lying in bed on Sunday morning and mm. the, you could know, just hear the voices wafting across the, yeah, the fields. It was the amazing. Choir and the bells ringing and yeah. it, was, it was really lovely. What else can you do well? You could walk around Nukualofa, mm-hmm. um, visit the markets, the Talamahu markets and the fish market, which is down by the wharf. It's mm-hmm. a bit further along. Yeah, both very good things to see there. And um, if you are touring around, if you've got transport or you're on a tour, um, all of the kind of natural attractions of Tongatapu are free. There's um, amazing blowholes oh, amazing. to go and see. Um, they will not let you down. They're fantastic. Um, the Pigeon's Doorway, which is a huge natural arch. Mm-hmm. And there's the Trilithon as well, which is basically a Stonehenge-like archway. Mm, yeah. Cool. It's um, thousands of years old, and it's said to be where time begins. Because Tonga's um, right on the dateline, Ooh, and yeah. Um, yeah, this is a very interesting um, cultural artifact, and nobody quite knows how it was done. But nobody ever does. It's pretty impressive. On to seasonal attractions then. Well, Tonga is known for its whale watching from July to October. We were there in June. Yeah. So we just missed out, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the end of June too. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, everyone was on the lookout for the first whales coming in, but unfortunately we missed it. Now you can see the whales from any part of, um, of the islands. The whales migrate from south to north and they pass through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe Hapai is well known for, for great places to, to see them from. But you can just stand on the beach and watch the oh, whales man. migrate. And, of course, there are lots of tours that will take you out and you can see them a bit closer. That's right. There are lots of festivals throughout the year. There's one in Vavao in May. Yeah, there's the Hapai Festival in June. And the big one, the Heilala Festival, is at some point in the year. <laughs> Normally around July or August, but once again, conflicting information, <laughs> changing timetables. It happens. Yes. Trust me. It, it was originally towards the end of June, the beginning of July, but um, with the new king coming in, they've decided to have it in line with his birthday, which is in August. So it might be in August or it might be in July. Depends on what they decide. Mm-hmm. And it could change at a moment's notice. Of course. Just like <laughs> the fairy timetables. Yep. <laughs> So we've talked about free attractions and festivals. What um, paid attractions are there around the place? Well, a tour is always a good idea. We really enjoyed Tony's tour on Tongatapu, and you should be able to find someone to give you a tour anywhere you go. The Tongans are a very hospitable lot, and they're likely to want to show you around. Um, Lots of people offer guided hikes around the islands, um, which will cost some sort of fee. Yeah, and that's very good because even though we're quite experienced at route finding, we managed to get ourselves quite turned around. Spectacularly we... lost. Tell no, it like it is. <laughs> fine. We, we walked around. We, we kind of got lost, didn't find any of the attractions we had been looking for, found one other one, got back to our guest house and um, met up with a guy and he said, oh, where did you go? And we said, oh, we got to this, this cave. He said, I've never heard of anyone getting to that cave. That's how lost we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so guided hikes. Good, good idea. <laughs> um, go to dinner and a show or drinks and a show. Um, there's some really great vendors which are grassroots. They're not um, kind of being paid for by big hotel mm. chains. And they do excellent um, Tongan dancing and music displays alongside a great feed. 
ask around and find out if any of your fellow hostel mates have been to it though because there is a variety of you know quality levels Mm -hmm. so choose the one that everyone's raving about and avoid the one that doesn't sound as great yeah um kayaking around the lagoons is lots and lots of fun yeah or you can of course do diving and snorkeling trips yep and great sports fishing as well Mm. okay well let's talk about guidebooks well of course there are a variety of guidebooks Lonely Planet and Rough Guides do a Tonga guide. Mm-hmm. And um, the Moon Guides is probably my favourite. They um, David Stanley, the author, has um, a lot of experience travelling and writing about the South Pacific. So I'd recommend that. And his website, southpacific.org, is uh, truly excellent. And, of course, you can also find Tonga mentioned in guidebooks that cover the South Pacific. Yeah. Now, as you would have picked up, information goes out of date ridiculously quickly. So guidebooks for the South Pacific and Tonga specifically are more useful as a general guide to the things that you might be able to expect Mm. rather than actually showing you when, where and how much these things are going to be. We personally found most useful just a little brochure we picked up when we arrived, the Jason's Guide. Mm -hmm. It's just a, a printed brochure that has all of the festival dates and all of the plans for the year and currency converter and, you know, a brief overview of the different islands. And that's all you need. And that's mm. a, a free publication. Uh, we've also got a brief overview of the different island groups in the Indie Travel Podcast magazine, which you can get a digital copy of for free at IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash magazine. Which is definitely a good idea. Indeed. So where to next? Well, you've probably arrived in Nukualofa and... That means you're probably going to have to leave from there too because there's only the one airport. Mm-hmm. Um, but make sure you explore Tonga before you go. So head over to Aoa for some hiking or north to see the whales or relax on a tropical beach or just hang out. When it's time to actually leave Tonga, you don't have a lot of options because you know there aren't a lot of flights to different countries. You can only get to and from Australia, New Zealand, Fiji or Samoa. And... Of course, lots of other places from there, but you will have to stop and get off a plane at one of those four places. Mm -hmm, That's right. So um, you know they head back to, I guess, the biggest cities of Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, if you're going to Australia, or to Auckland, if you're going to New Zealand. And of course, if you're wanting to explore Pacific Islands, then Fiji and Samoa are both definitely worth a visit. Oh, absolutely. Well, before we go, here's one more message from today's sponsor, Boots and All. G'day, this is Sean from the Boots and All Travel Network, and we're excited to be continuing sponsors of the Indie Travel Podcast. Today I wanted to talk about one of our online travel guides called Amsterdam Log. And as far as I can tell, I encourage Craig and Linda and all the listeners out there to check it out. It is the best English language travel guide to Amsterdam on the web. I have not been able to find anything better. Please, if you do, let me know by emailing me, sean at bootsandall.com. But check it out, Amsterdam, L-O-G-U-E dot com. Cheers. Thanks for that, Sean. Hmm, I've been reading that Amsterdam blog uh, pretty regularly recently, actually, and it is very, very good. Interesting. Hmm. Well, Boots and All also have a uh, pretty good Pacific Islands section, which is at bootsandall.com forward slash Pacific hyphen islands. So check that out, too. Well, I think that's pretty much us for this week. Indeed. So until next week, travel well.